a lot of our listeners and a lot of folks I know in the community, um, in the in the communities in Bridgeport and throughout Connecticut, um, may not be familiar with Remington Woods in general, but also also the the overall situation that's been happening for several years that has basically made there to be a need for movements like this Preserve Remington Woods movement um, and like the the team of folks that you work with um, fighting to preserve the woods. So, Leela, I was wondering if you could start off by just briefly um, talking about what are the Remington Woods and what has been going on. Thank you, Mike. Uh, the Remington Woods is a, is a beautiful forest community of 422 acres right here in Bridgeport and part of it in Stratford. Uh, it's home to over 70 species of birds and other diverse wildlife. It's got forest and meadows and lake, uh, vernal pools, wetlands. It's a, it's a beautiful natural area that that's, um, contributes immensely to the community uh, by all the benefits that it gives, like cleaning the air and cooling the air, et cetera. And uh, unfortunately, it's under threat of destruction and has been for quite some time, but things are heating up now. And like you say, the, there are new developments that have just recently happened. Thank you, Leela. And I was wondering if you could... Uh, if we could back up a little bit and if you could talk uh, a little bit about how, uh, you, you know, about, um, about, you know, growing up in Bridgeport and, and, you know, when, when you first became aware of the woods themselves. Yes. Well, I was born and bred in Bridgeport and uh, grew up on the East side, spent most of my childhood when I didn't have wasn't going to school in uh, Bearsley Park. I lived about two miles from it, and I just walk up and spend all that time in the around the trees. Uh, it it really changed me, and and you know it made me who I am. Um, the uh, the woods. Uh, I didn't find out about Remington Woods until. Mm, it was quite a few years ago, but I got involved about five years ago, and uh, I started uh, ended up by starting an organization, Preserve Remington Woods, that's devoted entirely to preserving the woods in its entirety as a nature wildlife preserve with walking paths, no development or any other uses. And uh, we, we don't ask for money. We're entirely a volunteer organization, and, and that's what we do. And, and Leela, I was wondering if you could give a little bit more background on the woods themselves, um, some, some, some key facts about the woods and um, some really important details. Yeah, the, the woods... Uh, of course, they've been there since you know since before people were there, and the indigenous people uh, revered them. The um, colonialists appreciated them for their beauty. The industrialists polluted them. And uh, Dupont owned a, com- a company called Remington Arms that made munitions uh, for the better part of the last century. 
and uh, and they polluted. They profited off the pollution of the woods for decades. Uh, they were de- they were mandated by the EPA to do at least a partial cleanup, and they've been doing that for about 20 years. And the cleanup is almost finished, at which time they plan to develop the woods, which will of course destroy it. Now the woods is uh, something that gives many many benefits to the to the uh, surrounding community. Uh, trees clean the air. We have some of the most polluted air in the country. Uh, uh, air pollution is is a real uh, health hazard and a killer. And of course, because of global climate change. Uh, the temperatures are heating up. Uh, trees cool the air. Trees mitigate flooding. They keep the climate, the local climate, stable. They mitigate storms. They they give us oxygen. They sequester carbon, which is really important for uh, for global climate change. They provide homes to wildlife. And if we could open them up so that people could uh, have respectful access to them, they could provide a healing and a, a reconnection to nature, which is absolutely essential in these days when we are so alienated from nature and um, unable to, it seems, to make decisions that will uh counter the climate catastrophe that we're in the middle of. So we we really need people to be able to have the experience of the woods and to see how important it is to themselves personally in order to be able to make these decisions in the future. Thank you for that, Leela. And, uh, you know, I wanted to know if you could actually um, talk a little bit more about about the city of Bridgeport's plans to develop the woods, and you know when you when you first learn about those plans, and um, and and some of the the uh, you know what that has looked like what what that has looked like from from the time you first heard about the plans to to the present. Yes, the, the plans have been in place for quite some time. Uh, the Bridgeport administration wants to put a road down the middle of the the woods, and they back DuPont uh, with DuPont's plans to develop the woods, which in, includes putting a road uh, right down the middle of it, uh, taking over the lake, putting buildings, um, putting a, a research building, which is really uh, pretty disturbing given DuPont's history as toxic chemicals and uh, its 40-year cover-up of releasing toxins into into communities. Um, so the, 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 you know, the plans are there. They've been there for a long time. They're right up on the, you know, on the internet, and they've been there for a long time. And it seems they haven't changed. Um, the uh, excuse of compromise and uh, doing a, a 70-40, in other words, oh, we'll leave 70% of it as is, and we'll only um, 
uh, will only develop 30%. Well, that's like, you know, the woods is not a dead thing. The woods is a living being of plants and animals that is able to perpetuate itself indefinitely to supply uh, life services for wildlife and for us and for the life of the planet. It's a living, breathing organism. It would be like somebody coming to your door and saying, um, I want to kill you. And you say, no, I don't want to be killed. And they say, well, let's compromise. I'll only kill 30% of you, and I'll choose the 30%. So maybe it'll be your head or your heart or, you know. Uh, it, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to say that you can just cut off a certain percentage of the woods and and have it survive. It won't. It will kill the um, ecosystem. It'll kill the wildlife. It'll destroy the services that the woods provides to the people and to the planet. Uh, so, so that's just uh, you know. And and if you think, you know, the, the wildlife, I think we've lost 50% of the wildlife in the world over the last 40 years. All wildlife is in peril, and they're, we're in the middle of a mass extinction event. And, um, you know, wildlife don't live in little houses like we do. They ha They need ranges in order to survive, in order to get food and water and and do what they have to do to live. So if you put a road down the middle of their territory, then they're just going to end up as roadkill. If you surround their lake, they're not going to have any place to drink. You know, so it's it's going to it's going to kill the wildlife. Also, if you put even a small area if you destroy it in the middle of a forest community, there's going to be a large buffer area between what you've destroyed and where the forest starts. I mean, that's just how the ecology is. You know, the forest won't go right up to two or three inches uh, next to the road or the building. It doesn't work that way. So you're going to be destroying large tracts of of land uh, of living l land that needs to be there for it to be alive and for it to give us all the benefits that we need like oxygen and clean air and cooler air and protection from flooding and uh you know on and on and on were the benefits uh, so our our health is at stake, our safety is at stake, and the opportunity to reconnect, to heal the alienation that our culture embeds us with about nature, is is uh, you know one of the most important things about preserving the woods. And in this day and age, you know, with the U.N. saying, finally saying uh, that, you know, it's code red for humanity, that we have to, that our leaders have to take immediate and, and dramatic action, that the scientists are saying 
we only have 10 years. The um, government says that reforestation is a priority. And we're thinking about cutting down the woods and, and, and with all its benefits and all it gives us. Another thing is it's just going to make, you know, it's going to make Bridgeport look really backward as a city that's just not able to step up to the concerns of today and to what's necessary today. So, you know, there's there are so many reasons. Thank you for that, Leela. Yeah, thank you so much for, for everything you just said, Leela. And uh, I just wanted to... To say that, you know, everything that you're saying speaks to the, uh, you know, this update that we met, that we referenced earlier at the top of the show. And so, you know, last time you were on the show, Leela, we, we talked about, um, you know, the public hearing that the Planning and Zoning Commission right here in Bridgeport held on November 16th, in which they heard several hours of testimony from well over 100 people, not just Bridgeport residents, but folks from all over um, who, who testified. Uh, on the need for preserving the Remington Woods in their entirety. And then, just a few days ago, on December 1st, the Connecticut Post ran an article that said the Planning and Zoning Commission had decided this week to change the designation for the woods from light industrial to residential office center. So, Leela, I was wondering if you could um, share your, your thoughts, your reaction to, to this decision from the Planning and Zoning Commission and what this now means for the woods. I know you've gotten, you got, you went into that a little bit already, um, but I guess specifically this, this you know, this update this week uh, in terms of the Planning and Zoning actually like coming back with this, with this decision uh, a couple days ago. Well, the decision was not unexpected. It was really the only decision that was on the table, uh, you know, whether to the decision was between two really horrible zoning scenarios. One, the one that was, and one, the one that they put in, which is is still going to destroy the woods. So it, it's not, it's, it wasn't unexpected. It's disappointing that Bridgeport, you know, continues to uh, operate in a, in a short-sighted uh way, you know, a business as usual way where they can't bring themselves up to see what's going on in the world and how important the woods is. Um, but we have to, we have to look beyond the zoning and we have to look to, um, you know, to other sources. Uh, also the zoning commission is really compromised. I mean, the first meeting which lasted two days, was so inaccessible to people that I, I think it was the uh, Audubon Society wanted to, wanted to make a presentation. They couldn't even get in. And I know there were a lot of people around that lived right around the woods that couldn't even get into the meeting. So there was, and, and there was outright prejudice against people who came out to speak about Remington Woods exhibited by the commission in the first meeting. And in this, and then, uh, you know, the, there were two meetings in that group. And then there was another meeting with the PZ&E where people were not allowed to speak. 
But again, prejudice was exhibited toward uh, toward people who wanted unanimously to um, preserve the woods. I mean, this were we had a over well over two thousand people on, sig- on uh, signatures on pe- petitions. We had uh, a number of prominent organizations. We had politicians from city and state and and even federal all coming out uh, saying that the woods should be preserved in its entirety as a nature wildlife preserve with walking paths. And that was all dismissed by this zoning commission, which is appointed by the mayor and uh, composed of builders, architects, developers, construction people who all have a particular point of view and who have, and as a commission, have exhibited a prejudice against uh, our group. So it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's a situation where Bridgeport is mired in the way things have been done in the past and it seems to be unwilling to pull themselves out of it and join the enlightened leaders of other uh, cities throughout the world who are stepping up to the plate. But to to be making a decision like this at this at this time when we're catapulting toward ecocide and and where the difference lies in you know thousands if not millions of local decisions like this all over the world could turn the tide and and Bridgeport is digging its heels in and saying no we won't listen to the people we won't listen to the organizations we won't listen to the UN. We won't listen to the enlightened politicians. We won't listen to the federal government. We won't listen to the scientists. We'll keep doing what we want to do. Leela, on that note, isn't it true that Mayor Ganim actually uh, attended the the recent uh, summit in Scotland? Yes. yes, he did. And he came, he came back and he said how important it was that mayors step up to the global reality. And he said that, and then he turned around and and uh, and they zoned this for uh, for destruction. So there you have it. Right. So he. So it's uh, on the one hand, he you know, he can talk a big game about uh, about the environment when he wants to, but then when it comes to his own community, that he actually has oversight over, or that he actually has you know say in. Then it's a, a different story entirely, right? And then you you know you also made a good point about the uh, the Christmas tree lighting. At the same time, so, yeah, using a tree, a tree to celebrate the holiday, and then at the same time deciding to do, destroy a, at least twenty thousand trees, plus a whole ecosystem and all the rest. So uh, Bridgeport is what it is. So we have to look elsewhere. We have to look, you know, toward the state, uh, toward the federal government, 
we have to look for grants. We have to look for um, uh, land trusts, for organizations that uh, uh, appreciate the environment and know how much we're connected to it, because this is all... You know, we're we're one with the environment, and we're not separate from the environment. We are part of nature, and what happens to nature happens to us, and nature is dying. We are killing nature, and we're killing ourselves. The, the, the pandemic is a result of our, of our disregard for nature. So, uh, you know, and so are all these storms and environmental refugees and fires out west and food shortages and, oh, you know, on and on and on. So, um, so Leela, uh, what in your in your in your view in your perspective, um, you talk, I mean, you talked a little bit about the next steps in terms of having to look outside of of the local municipal level. For uh, for assistance in preserving the woods, um, whether that be federal, um, I know uh, Senator Blumenthal was quoted in the the Connecticut Post article in terms of um, you know actually you know supporting the the preservation of the Remington Woods and and uh, City Council member Maria Pereira also uh, mentioned uh, a a desire to seek out federal funding if necessary to buy the property or to like, you know, to, uh, yeah, I guess to, to buy it, to buy the property because there was the whole, the whole idea of like the, the U S constitution saying, saying that like, you know, you, you can't just take somebody's property without, you know, without due process or, or, or paying them. Like, you know, that was, that was the, the lawyer that was quoted in the Connecticut post piece was kind of, bringing that up and and that was kind of his like argument uh in defense of the i guess that took place at the hearing maybe the public hearing right at the at the meeting um in sort of in defense of the the owners i guess which would be uh sporting goods and cortiva but anyway um at this point lila um for our, our all of our listeners right now what would you say to them and and specifically how can our listeners learn more and support and get involved in the fight and the struggle to preserve the Remington Woods? Well, they can go on our website. Uh, We have uh, preserveremingtonwoods.com and go on the action page. And uh, I will update that. I haven't yet, but I will update that. And basically, the strategy now is to is to keep we have a movement and it, there's more uh, energy in it than there has ever been and there are many many people involved and we want to keep that momentum going and we want to expand that momentum so whether it be contacting your city council person which is a good thing to do your state rep Another good thing to do, your federal representative, another good thing to do, the media, uh, and any, you know, an, an organization that you might think helpful just to tell your friends and, and, and spread the word around. Uh, we want to, we want to really not only keep up the momentum, but accelerate it 
so that it just becomes, you know, so such a big issue that, uh, you know, it can't be ignored. So everybody can play a part in doing that. Everybody can, you know, contact their city council person or, or write a letter to their senator or pick up the phone or send an email to their senator or, or rep, you know, both state and, uh, and federal. And, you know, to keep the pressure up, to get the word out, to educate yourself. There's a lot of information on, on the website and uh, I'm always available if you if anybody has a specific question, you know, just shoot an email over to me, and uh, you know, I'd be happy to answer it. So there's a you know there's a lot of work to do, and um, and in in one way we're in a good place because there's more uh, energy behind it now. There's more awareness of how important it is because of global clim- climate change and the uh, awareness of global climate change. So, you know, the news is not all bad. And and this was expected. It's too bad that, um, that Bridgeport, up to this point, has not stepped up to the plate. I'm hoping, you know, there's, there's always another day, and I'm hoping that's, that it might, but I'm not crossing my fingers. So we, we have our work to do. Leela, can oh, you give the uh, the website one more time, please? Yeah. PreserveRemingtonWoods.com. And you can go to the action page and just browse around to the other pages. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of information on there. Awesome. Well, Leela Florell, founder of Preserve Remington Woods, thank you so much for joining me once again on Mic Check. And thank you so much for all the important work that you and and the rest of the, the movement right here in Bridgeport have been doing to raise awareness of this issue and to to preserve the Remington Woods. Um, thank you so much, Leela. Have a great night. Thank you, Mike. You've been a very, very big help in getting the word out. You've really been doing your part. My pleasure. Yeah, it's it's the least least I could do. It's a very important issue here in here in Bridgeport, and and you know, um, like I said, I'm grateful for all the work that you've been doing, and you know, I'm honored to 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 get to be in conversation with you like this. So, once again, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk soon. Very good. Thank you so much, Mike.